Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. your Bibles, if you will, please. I'd like for you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Then we're going to be in 1 Peter chapter 1. And then we're going to jump over to the book of Hebrews. uh, And I want to share with you a little bit from that particular passage of Scripture in Hebrews 6. Okay? My theme this morning, or the subject matter that I want to deal with today, is the, the matter of hope. And we look around in our world today and We see a world that's struggling, do we not? I mean, uh, I don't know about you, but I've seen one, two, three, four, five, too many, or however many it is, killings and just mass murders and just assassinations that are just taking place here in America today. It's just unreal. And we look around and we see all that's taking place in our country, and we ask the question, is there any hope? Uh, Is there any hope for any of us? Is there any hope for America? Is there any hope for us? And I want to try to answer that question and and, uh, try to drive us to the Word of God and drive us to Scripture uh, in order that we can get the the answer to that question, is there any hope? So I'm going to begin reading, and I'm just using these as as foundational texts to, to jump out of and into another passage of Scripture, and we're going to end up in Hebrews Uh, chapter number 6. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you have your Bibles, I want you to look there with me. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 12. It says, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say then there is no resurrection of the dead? But if, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if, get this, if Christ has not been raised then our proclamation or our preaching is without foundation, and so is your faith. In addition, we are found to be false witnesses about God because we have testified about God that he raised up Christ, whom he did not raise up if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is worthless, and you are still in your sins. And therefore, those who have fallen asleep or those who have died in Christ have also perished. Verse 19, for if if we have put our hope in Christ for this life only, we should be pitied more than any other. So the text is saying that the foundation of our faith and even our hope is found in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And without that, there certainly is no hope. And then he says, if in this life only you have hope, I'm going to quote the King James, that's what I memorized it in, if in this life only you have hope, you are of all men most miserable. You're to be pitied if the only hope we have is just anchored in this world. Now turn in your Bibles, if you will, over to First Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3 and following, verse 3 through verse number 5. Peter's writing here and he says, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, get this now, 
For he has given us a new birth into a living hope. What has he given us? A new birth into a living hope. Turn to your neighbor right now and tell them we have a living hope. Tell them right now. He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, unfading, and kept in heaven for you. You are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And I love that passage of Scripture, but all of our hope, the protection that we even have, the hope that we have, it's, it's inherited because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the faith that we place in Him. So the question is this, is there any hope? And you look around in our world today and we may wonder if there is any hope. Is there any hope? And I've got a few things here that I've laid out for us. Is there any hope for the married couple who seems to wind up at the same dead-end road of unresolved conflict, one unresolved conflict after another after another, and it looks like the only way out of this is divorce and separation, and let the chips fall where they may? Is there any hope, church, For a family or a couple like that? Is there any hope for a person who has fallen victim to alcohol and drugs and gambling or any other number of addictions that they may be addicted to? Is there any hope for those individuals? Well, guys, I'll be honest with you. If there is no hope, and if we do not have a hope, then we might as well lock the doors of the church and just quit wasting our time around here on Sunday morning. I'm here to to tell you today there is hope. There's hope for that couple that are fighting and thinks that divorce is the end. There's hope for that individual that may fall addicted to drugs or alcohol, pornography or gambling. What about that mom-to-be that goes to the doctor with the baby inside of her and the doctor comes back and shares with her that I can no longer find a heartbeat? Is there hope for that mother when she hears that devastating news? And by the way, all of these are scenarios that I have dealt with in the ministry as a pastor. What do you do in those situations? Is there any hope in those situations? What about the single mother who works her fingers to the bone from daylight to dark, having to be mother, but not only mother, having to be father, having to be the disciplinarian, the one of authority. A lot of times that's the role of the father. And having to be the nurturing, caring mother, having to be the father, be the provider of the home, but at the same time having to be the nurturing, caring mother. Is there hope for that mother who says, I'm just exhausted trying to be mom and dad to my children? Is there hope for that individual that battles depression and anxiety and and really has to withdraw because they're in this situation of depression and anxiety? Is there any hope for that individual? Is there any hope for the spouse that's standing by the bedside of their loved one who is dying from a terminal illness or an accident and they know there's no recovery in sight and they're about to slip off into eternity 
Is there any hope for that individual that's standing by the bedside, brokenhearted and no doubt lonely? Is there any hope for a generation of young people today that are falling to drugs and sex and alcohol and violence and gangs? The list goes on and on. Is there any hope for the young generation of today? Is there any hope for that family that they went to the job after 25 or 30 years or whatever the number may be and they call them into the office and they give them a slip and they said, we've had to do some cutbacks and you've now lost your job. I'm sorry. What about them financially as a family? Is there any hope for that family? I'm just trying to share with you some things that I deal with on a regular basis. I just let you camp out in my world a little bit. Because those are most likely the type of phone calls that I receive. Pastor, I need to speak with you. Because this and many of those that I've just shared with you, I've had to deal with with church families. What do you do? Do I wipe my hands and walk away and say, sorry, there's no hope? (laughs) No. If I had to do that, I would be out of the ministry. We would all be out of church, right? But I'm here today to tell you there is hope. A lot of time our world paints a very dark, dim picture that there's no hope in the situation or the circumstances that you may find yourself in. I'm here today to tell you there is hope. Right? There is hope. It's called Christian hope. It's called a biblical hope. Now, I'm not talking about a, a, a feel-good Uh, wishful thinking hope. I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. I'm talking about the moment when if you're going to experience this hope, you're going to come to the foot of the cross with whatever situation that I just shared with you with, uh, with, and you're going to lay that at the foot of the cross and you're going to surrender yourself to the will of our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're going to ask Him to forgive you of your sins. And you're going to pray that He comes into your heart and, be, and becomes your Lord and your King and your Savior and your living hope. Because I promise you, you and God in any set of circumstances you may find you with will always be the majority and there is always hope. Right? There's always hope for the child of God. There's always hope for the Christian. And our hope is not laid up in some judicial system. Our hope is not how good of an attorney we can get. Our hope is not based off our careers or our jobs. Our hope is not based off how much money we have in the bank account because, honey, all of that can be gone tomorrow. Our hope finds its foundation in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, your hope is not even in the church. Your hope is not even in religion. It's not being a good person. It's not even in baptism or communion. Your hope is when you discover a relationship with a holy God, and you see Him as holy, just as we spoke or sung about earlier. You see Him as holy. You see yourself as sinful. And I'm not talking about turning over a new leaf. I'm talking about repenting of who we are and asking Jesus to save us and be our Lord and our Savior. And friends, when you do that, you have hope. You have a living hope. 
Why? Because he was raised from the dead. As I shared with you in 1 Corinthians 15, if he was not raised from the dead, we have no hope whatsoever. But friends, he was raised from the dead. Amen? And he is our living hope. The dominant theme throughout the Bible is is hope. There is hope in every book, every chapter, every verse that we find in the Word of God. We discover hope because it's anchored around the person of Jesus Christ. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, please, to Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, and look at verse 11. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 11. Before I share this passage of Scripture with you, this sermon was really birthed in my heart the day that I was up there serving, taking pictures at Convoy of Hope, and I was watching all these families come in, and many of them came and stood before my camera, and, and I could see the hopelessness in their eyes. And I could see there was no smile on their face. And I could see they were just there getting the next thing they could get to somehow make it through another day. But it did my heart good to watch and see people pray. I even took several families aside and prayed with them and shared the gospel with them and told them there is hope in the person of Jesus Christ. And this, that's where this sermon came out of. And that's what I told John the next Sunday I had to be gone. And, and I said, man, how can we not preach on hope on a day like this? Because there is hope. Hello, church. The world will tell you there is none. But I'm here to tell you there is And that hope is found in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 11. Look what this passage says. It says, now we want each of you to demonstrate. Everybody say demonstrate. I like this. Look at verse 11. Now we want the writer of Hebrews is writing to us as believers. And he says, now we want each of you to demonstrate. Demonstrate what? Demonstrate the same diligence For the final realization of your hope. We are to demonstrate with the same diligence the final realization of your hope. In other words, we especially as a child of God should not walk around with our chin hanging down to the ground and saying, woe is me, I have no hope. Oh honey, you haven't read your Bible lately. You do have hope, right? And we need to demonstrate that hope. We need to share that message with a world that has no hope. Because if they're putting their hope in anything out there other than the person of Jesus Christ, then it's true. They have no hope. But may we not fall into that camp. May we fall in that camp and fly and wave our banners that, hey, we're flying under the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the bright and morning star. He is my Savior and there is hope in Jesus Christ. Amen? No matter what we find ourselves in, no matter what situation we may be in, no matter if our backs are against the wall, and I've often found that that's usually where God likes to put me. He likes to nail my shoulders up in the wall where the only place I have to look is Him. And the only one I have to praise at the end of the day for bringing me out of that situation is Him. Amen? Hope. We have hope. I just think we as a church and we as believers and we as Christians, we don't do a good job sharing it. We don't do a good job demonstrating it. 
We'd have lost the joy in our hearts and the joy in our life and the smile on our face. And where is that hope? Oh, it's in Christ Jesus, the living hope, as I shared with you in 1 Corinthians 15. If in this life only we have hope, as it says in verse 19, we are of all men most miserable. But honey, I don't place my hope in this life. Matter of fact, I think all too often we get too, too settled in this life. And we want the best of this life. Let me tell you, we're just pilgrims passing through this life. We're just here for a brief moment. I mean, we're just here just for... I mean, the span of our life here on this earth is like one grain of sand on the seashore compared to all of eternity. You pull up one grain of sand and it seems like everything we do is based off that one little grain of sand. You know what we need to have today? You know what my hope and my prayer is today? That we leave leave here today with a holy perspective. That we leave here with a perspective of hope that's found in the person of Jesus Christ. And every single one of us that profess Christ as our Savior, we've repented of our sins, we've trusted in Jesus, we ought to walk out that door with a little extra step in our walk, a smile on our face and a joy in our hearts and a song in our hearts. And we ought to tell the world, hey, I know it's dark in this world. All the more reason you need to hear the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And by the way, friends, I'm not talking about being a religious person. I was in a conversation with an unbeliever the other day. They didn't know I was a pastor. They didn't have a clue who I was. And we were in a conversation, and they were saying, oh, I, just, I, I really need to get my family back in church. And, and they were born and raised Catholic, and, and they really need to get back in the Catholic church. And I said, listen, the last thing you need is religion. What you need is a relationship. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Do you know him? And he, they started talking to me and said, well, do you know anything about Jesus? And I said, yeah. And what do you do for a living, they asked me. Well, I'm a pastor of a church. Oh, you could probably tell me about it. Yeah, let me tell you about him. Right? But guys, that's where the hope is. If we're not talking about Jesus, then we're talking about a substance that's, that's empty. There's nothing there. There's no foundation. The scripture says we, if we only have hope in this world, over all men most pitied, right, most miserable. The Christian hope, I hadn't even got through this passage yet. Look at verse number 11. Demonstrate. Demonstrate the same diligence. Now we want each of you to demonstrate the same diligence for the final realization of your hope so that you won't become lazy but will be imitators of those who inherit the promises through faith and perseverance. Say through faith. Now, what are we going to be? We're going to be imitators of those who are inheriting the promises through faith and perseverance. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself. And he said, I will indeed bless you and I will greatly multiply you. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham obtained the promise. For men swear by something greater than themselves and for for them, a confirming oath ends every dispute because God wanted to show his unchangeable purpose even more clearly to the heirs of the promise. He guaranteed it with an oath so that through two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have or we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. We have this hope. Look at verse 19. We have this hope. As an anchor for our lives, safe and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain 
Jesus has entered there on our behalf. Now, let me try to share with you three things that I want to unpack for you about Christian hope. This hope that I said that we have when we are a child of God. Let me try to define for you what that looks like and unpack for you what that really is. This Christian hope that we have, according to verse number 12, grows out of faith. Christian hope, and write that down, grows out of faith. And I should have a slide. There we go. Christian hope grows out of faith and perseverance. You see, the distinction of Christian hope is that it's an outgrowth of our Christian faith. Now, whenever I talk about our faith, I'm obviously talking about, I'm assuming it's a given, but in this day and age, I realize I have to articulate it a little bit better. Whenever I talk about faith, I'm talking about our faith in the person of Jesus Christ. Okay? That, that's a given here in this situation. So I hope you understand that, right? So our Christian hope grows out of the faith that we have in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, hope is kept alive. Because faith endures all disappointments. You see, I don't care what type of disappointment you have. And I don't care what type of circumstance you may find yourself in. And I tried to share with you eight or ten different circumstances that I have dealt with folks in the church over. But there's still faith. Why? Because faith endures all disappointments And circumstances, it supersedes that because our faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. So what we've got to have is an enduring faith. Listen, we're going to go through some trials and we're going to go through some temptations. Now get this third one. We're also going to go through some tests. Sometimes we as believers, when we're going through a hard place... We say, oh, that crazy devil, get thee behind me, Satan. And it may not be Satan at all. It may be God testing you. Does he test us? Sure he does. Now, he doesn't test us to destroy us. He tests us to grow us and make us stronger. Oh, if I had time to sit here and unpack for you all the many tests That God has taken me through since March of 1999. When we first started this church with three people in Mascoot, Illinois. I could sit here and talk for, I could talk till you go to bed tonight. I promise you. I've got story after story. I mean, you stay in place, at one place 16, going on 17 years, you get some stories. Right? And you get some tests. Now, obviously, there were some trials and there were some temptations, but really, I feel I've had more tests than I've had temptations from Satan. I feel I've had more tests from God than I have really attacks from Satan. Seriously. And I promise you, as a result of that, I am stronger in my faith today Here in, what month is this? August. August of 2015. I am stronger in my faith. I am stronger in my relationship with Jesus today than I was in March 
of 1999 when I moved my family here from western North Carolina to start this church. I'm not the same man I used to be there. Man, I have grown in my faith so much. And often it's the different test that the Lord has put me in to grow me. So Christian hope, I want you to see, grows out of faith. Now, is there an illustration of that? And I'm glad you asked that question because there is. And you don't have to turn there, but if you like it, there's a little blurb of the story in Matthew's Gospel, chapter number 9. And you'll remember the story when I bring it to your attention. You remember the lady that had the issue of blood? She had the blood disease. And she knew that Jesus was going to pass by. And she said, oh, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I could be made whole. Now, this is the same woman that, number one, was unclean, that shouldn't have been inside the city gates, should have been cast away because of the blood disease that she had. She was also a woman in that day, and they weren't regarded very highly. So there was no way she should have been in the crowd mingling where Jesus was, but she was pressing through the crowd. In other words, she was going in the opposite direction of what the world was telling her she should go. The world was wanting to throw her outside the city gates and say, Hey, honey, there's no hope for you. Go out there and die. Really? She was poor. She had wasted all of her financial income and living on doctors trying to get healed from this blood disease. But she still had a little four-letter word called what? Hope. Where did that come from? It, come, it came from the faith that she had in the person of Jesus Christ. She said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. You know what that's called? That's called faith. And the scripture says that she touched him. Virtue or power went out of him. Jesus turned around and spoke with her. And he said, you're what? Your faith has made you whole. So, and I could unpack that story more, but I think you get the gist of it. We have hope today because Christian hope grows out of our faith. And it says in verse number 12 of Hebrews 6, Be imitators of those who inherit the promises through faith and perseverance. In other words, don't grow weary in living your Christian life and living for the Lord and having your hope in Him. There's going to be difficult places that you've got to get through. But we all have hope because hope grows out of our faith that we have in the person of Jesus Christ. So here's the application. Here's the deal. I, I don't know where you are right now in your life. And I don't know the difficult situations or circumstances that you may be finding yourself in. And I don't know if there's some sickness that can't be healed or some financial problems that you may be having or some relationship problems that you, you may be having within your family or, or maybe even husband and wife or, or whatever the issues are. But here's what I know. There's hope. And hope is in and grows out of our faith that we have in the person of Jesus Christ. So endure. Press on. Keep your eyes up. Looking towards heaven. Because he has his eyes on you. The Lord knows exactly where you are, what you're going through. The scripture says he has every hair on your head numbered. I realize that's easier for some than others, but nonetheless, he understands and he knows. Right? He knows when a sparrow falls. God wants to be more involved in your life probably than you want to allow him to be involved in your life. 
He cares more for you than you've ever imagined anyone could care for you. How much does he care? This much. Well, what's that much? That's his son, Jesus, on the cross. That's how much he cares for you. So we have hope. Let me quickly hit the next two. Number two here, Christian hope is not only does it grow out of faith, but it's an anchor. Christian hope is an anchor. Look here in our text in verse number 19. It says, we have this hope as and what? Everybody say it. As an anchor. We have this hope as an anchor for our lives, safe and secure. Whenever men built ships or build ships and they sail the seas, an anchor for them becomes a symbol of hope. They drop that anchor in the storms to bring security and stability to the ship. God's our anchor is the hope that we have in the person of Jesus Christ. Christian hope is an anchor. Listen, there are going to be some storms that come in your life. There's going to be some hard places for every single one of us to get through. But what we need to do is drop the anchor into the solid rock of Jesus Christ. When we do that, we have a hope that is anchored and it's safe and it's secure. But the problem is when we start dropping our anchor in a dislodged world. When we drop our anchor in a dislodged world, we end up with a dislodged life. And you wonder why you're tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And it seems like you can't ever get your feet on the solid rock and live like the Lord wants you to live. It may just be that we're dropping our anchor somewhere else. And if you're dropping your anchor anywhere other than in the person of Jesus Christ, I promise you it will become dislodged. If your anchor is in your retirement or in your finances, I promise you at some point that will probably become dislodged. If you're placing it in your career, it will probably become dislodged. If you're placing it in the world, it will probably become dislodged. But if you're placing it in Christ, if your hope is anchored in the person of Jesus Christ, Scripture says that's a hope that is safe and secure. That's a hope that we can take to the bank. That's a hope that we can face any situation with. That's a hope that we will come out victoriously with because it's not anchored in the dislodged world. It's anchored in the solid rock of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I promise you, He'll see you through anything in your life. Amen? That's where our hope is. Oh my goodness. Romans 5, 5. Listen to this. This hope does not disappoint. Man, I like that. I'm sweating so much my microphone's falling off my ear. Romans 5, 5. This hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Listen, this hope doesn't disappoint. When you put your hope in the person of Jesus, I promise you, you will not be disappointed with that. Also, this hope says, Romans eight twenty four. now in this hope we were saved. We're saved when we place our hope in the person of Jesus Christ. Let me give you the third one and I'm done. 
Christian hope grows out of faith. Christian hope is an anchor. Number three, Christian hope is a, and you already know this one, a person. Christian hope is a person. It's not a religion. It's not a denomination. I can almost, and I'm trying to think back, I can almost, I believe I can count on one hand, and it will be less than five times. I don't even know if there's an incident. But I'm for the benefit of the doubt, let's just say less than five times, I have ever stood up and shared with you about our denomination, really. Other than in class 101. I'm talking about in a sermon. Hope's not found in a denomination. I don't care if you're free will Baptist, independent Baptist, Southern Baptist, missionary Baptist, and the reason they have all these Baptists is because Baptists can't get along. <laughs> Hello? I mean, I came out of a town that had a first Baptist church, a second Baptist church, and a third Baptist church. I came out of a town that had a victory church, which a pastor I, I admired really, really highly. He's the one I went to and got counsel and wisdom from and prayer with about moving here to start this church. I named this church in honor of him. It's in Bronson City, North Carolina, Victory Church. That pastor retired and moved away. The deacons couldn't get along. They split the church, and they went off and started right down the street, less than half a mile from the church. They started another church. Guess what the name of it was? Unity. I'm like, are you kidding me? You couldn't come up with a better name than that? You didn't have unity yesterday, but you think you're going to have it today because you have a new name on the signboard of your church? Listen, it's not about a denomination. I hope you understand that from me. Listen, I don't care if you're Catholic. I don't care if you're Methodist. I don't care if you're Episcopalian. I don't care if you're Baptist. And the list goes on and on and on and on. What does matter is what have you done with the person of Jesus Christ? Because one day the scripture says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord of Lords. Now the question is not will you bow. Oh, honey, you will bow. I'm going to say that with a smile. Maybe I didn't smile when I said that. Every one of us will bow before the Lord. Look to your neighbor and say, you will bow. Go ahead. So that's not the question. So what is the question? The question is when. When. Will you bow? You will bow before the Lord. You will profess that, yes, He is Jesus, the sinless, spotless Son of God, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You will bow before Him. Every single one of us will, and we will profess that. You say, well, what about those that just don't believe in Jesus at all? What about those that don't? I don't care who you are. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that he's king of kings and lord of lords. So that's not the question. So the question is not will you bow. The question is when. When will you bow? Will you bow on this side of eternity while grace and mercy and hope has been extended to you? Or will you bow on the other side where grace and mercy and hope has been withdrawn because you had an opportunity to bow and didn't? On this side. Hope is in a person. We have this hope as an anchor for our lives. Oh, let that sink in. We have this hope as an anchor for our lives. An anchor for our lives. And the scripture previously talked about how the anchor brings safety and security. 
We have this hope as an anchor for our lives, safe and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Jesus has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner. Our hope is a person. Which reminds me of one of my favorite old songs. Matter of fact, when we built this building, this words of this song are spray painted on the foundation of the entire back wall that goes down the back side of this building. When we poured the foundation, I've shared this story with you, I went around on the foundation with a black spray can and I wrote scripture. But all, all the way around the foundation, there's something. But all the way down the back wall are the words to this. Throw that next slide up there. This old song. It goes something like this. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Stop right there. Oh, let that sink in. Did you realize what you just sung? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. It's not based on religion. It's not based on turning over a new leaf. It's not based on trying to be a good person. It's based by throwing up my hands and admitting that I'm a sinner and repenting and ask God to forgive me and placing my faith in the person of Jesus Christ. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean. On Jesus' name, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, all of the ground is sinking sand. When darkness seems to hide His face, I rest on His On Christ the Son, rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand. His oath, His covenant, and His blood support me in the whelming flood. When all my soul gives way, he, He's all my hope and stay. I hope He's yours. On Christ the solid. All other ground. I like this next one. 
When he shall come with trumpet sound, oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the... Sing it out, church. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all of the ground is sinking sand, all other one more time sinking sand on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground let's sing it one more time make the devil mad here we go on Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground. So here's how I want to wrap up this message. Band, you can come on. I'm done. To live without Christ is to live without hope. To live without Christ. Guys, listen. You're going to have some dark days. You're going to have some times in your life when it seems like the world is absolutely crumbling down around you. That's what that song, when the verse talked about, when darkness seems to hide his face. The darkness is the circumstances that we find ourselves in, the situations that we're in, the world that we're in. When darkness seems to hide his face, that's when I rest in his unchanging grace. Amen. Our hope is in the person of Jesus Christ. To live without Christ is to live without hope. So my prayer today is that each and every one of you will look to the person of Jesus Christ as your hope, as your anchor, as your redeemer, as your savior, as your Lord. Listen, guys, I'm not asking you to be religious. I'm asking you, do you have a relationship with Jesus? And here's what I know. To clean up our lives, we don't start with turning over a new leaf. We don't start with trying to put down some things that may be destroying us. We start by giving our heart to the Lord. The moment we do that, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our heart here's what I've discovered in my life he starts cleaning us and cleansing us and changing us and convicting us and growing us to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ in our actions and our reactions but guys it starts from the inside out not the outside in the outside in is called religion. The outside in is calling man trying to do his best to clean up before a holy God. You cannot do that. No way. 
if that's what you're doing, if you're involved in religion and you're just trying to be a good person, there's a possibility that you could completely miss heaven. And Jesus one day will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. In Matthew's gospel, there's going to be many in that day that says in chapter 7, but Lord, I prophesied in your name. I preached in your name. I did many wonderful good works in your name. I did ministry in church in your name. I did all these wonderful things in your name. I was involved in Awana. I was involved in the Connection Cafe. I was involved in church. I was on the praise team. I was in the band. I gave my tithe. I was baptized. I took communion. I did all these wonderful things, Matthew 7. But Jesus says, depart from me. You worker of iniquity, I never knew you. I never had a personal relationship with you. Depart from me. Church, don't let that be you today. We all must have a personal relationship with Jesus. That's where our hope is. That's where our hope of heaven rests. That's where our hope through every dark place we find ourselves in comes from. How do you do that, you may ask? Everyone bow your heads. Bow your heads right now. Here's how you do that. You simply believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That He came and lived on this earth. He was born of a virgin. He was completely without sin. There was no fault found in Him whatsoever. He was beaten beyond the mar and the image of any man. He was placed on the cross. The Scriptures tells us in Isaiah that God the Father took the sins of the world and placed them on His Son. Darkness came over the span of the earth and Jesus died. He was buried and He rose again victoriously and all of your sins and all of my sins were placed on Jesus at the cross. And what I simply must do is repent and say, Jesus, I am sorry. I ask for your forgiveness. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I give you my life today. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. That's what you must do. Let me help you pray that prayer. Maybe that's you today and you need to get this nailed down. You need to have a personal relationship with Him. So right now, silently, right there where you're sitting, why don't you pray this prayer? Say, Jesus, I realize that that I've sinned. Right now, I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, I want to ask you to forgive me, to come into my life, be my Lord and be my Savior. God, that's all I know to do right now at this point. It's just ask for your forgiveness. And he says, if you will do that and open your heart's door in Revelation 3.20, that he will come in and sup with you and you with him. Father, right now, for the individual that prayed that prayer and they ask you to come into their heart, I pray, dear God, that you give them the reassurance of their faith. God, that you help them to know that they've accepted you as their Lord. May they just feel your presence and know that you're there. Give them reassurance and comfort that all is well with their soul. Now help them to grow. Help them, God, to surrender their life to you. Help them to be submissive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in their life. Open up the Scriptures to them. 
cause them to come alive, illuminate them, give them understanding. God, and help us to be more and more like you. And our prayer is the same prayer that Martin Luther prayed many, many years ago when he prayed, may the, may the Spirit of God take the Word of God and make us all more like the Son of God. Lord, that's our prayer. Thank you for those that trusted you as their Savior today. Thank you for those that rededicated their life. Thank you, Lord, for those that found hope in the person of Jesus Christ today. There's still hope in this dark, dark world. There's still hope. And it's in the person of Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for what you're doing in this congregation. Thank you for what you're doing in each family and each individual that's represented here. We give you the honor and the praise and the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Why don't we stand up? Let's just give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. He is our hope. He is our hope. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, O'Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.